0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Roker Report. You're joining us in the off-season, well it's not quite in the middle of the off-season, it's actually the beginning of the off-season, feels like the middle of the off-season because there seems like precious little to do, of course, except speculate on who the new Sunderland manager is going to be. Now, uh, lots of names being tossed into the hat, but it doesn't feel like early days again because we're all sitting here waiting for something to happen. But yeah, um, early days, apparently they're going to be talking to people, their interview's set up, we don't really know what the full score is. But we've had people like Derek McInnes. Uh, he's, he's been odds on for a while. Giggs was odds on today, uh, for a short period of time. I don't know if that's still the case. As you, know, they, as you know, they change consistently. But, uh, Gav, what do you make of it all, my friend? What do you make of the, uh, the Derek McInnes link? Do you think he'd make a good manager? Is that the sort of person we should be going for? Uh, I, I
2: do, um, kind of worry that it's maybe a too big a job for somebody like him. Uh, I, I don't, I don't think that's, Bringing in a manager who hasn't worked at a big club is a problem. I just find that his last experience in England is going to hang on basically mm. because it always does, seemingly does with these managers. And um, but McInnes, yeah, I, I think I think when you when you take into account his record at, at Aberdeen, it's not too bad, really. You know, he's worked on a small budget and he, and he delivered really because being second at Celtic is is pretty much what everyone at Bar Celtic fights for in that league. Mm. Um and, and he's done it he's done a pretty pretty good job of it, especially this season they've won a cup, got into Europe, um and he's done it all without spending any money. I think they've only actually spent money on one player in the time he's been there and that's not a particularly big fee. Yeah, I think it's Kenny McLean or something like that on the midfielders there. So it shows that he can work on a small budget and it shows that it shows that ultimately, um he's, he's the he's type of manager that Martin Bain now is because they aren't going to afford a lot of money to the next manager. So that, that kind of, you know, writes off a lot of the, a lot of the better managers who are available because they're not going to want to unless they're really desperate for work. Mm-hmm. Um, like the likes, the likes of Gary Monk, who you know, he's always going to walk into jobs at clubs where, you know, the circumstances are a lot better than what mm-hmm. they are here. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously that, that then limits us to what we, we are available to, to take, you know, you look at, say so you talking about the odds before. You're looking at being linked with the position, and there's there's actually one in the eyes of the booties. Anyways, there's only two people really into the job, which is Ryan Giggs, who's the favourite. Uh, you can get you can get eight to fifteen for him with, with mm. some booties. So it it does show that it does show that whoever's going to come in maybe won't be um, seen as a as a you know sterling choice in the eyes of the fans. But yeah. Darren McInnes, to me, he. he pre- somebody who who um, believes in himself, which I think is important first and foremost. I think I think Sunderland have to start looking at the problems we've created for ourselves in recent years, and one of them I would I would say is bringing in managers who think they're doing us a favour. No more so than with David Moyes, mm. who came to Sunderland and and constantly reminded us of why we were lucky to have him and mm. why you know the circumstances weren't his fault um ultimately we need the next manager needs to come in look at the the stuff before him, the, the big stadium base fantastic facilities small budget and then look at it and go look at something to work with here i can do some you know moving around of the squad maybe less so than what david moyes wanted which is part of the reason i think david moyes left mm. because the club weren't prepared to financially um financially bat him in the way that he wanted and maybe, you know, wanted to, to, to shuffle a squad around. I don't think that was at the top of the list. So, bringing in somebody who might work with some of the players Moyes want to get rid of is essential too. Given so the,
0: Giving them a yeah. fresh start sort of thing. That's very
2: important. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, McInnes, to me, he, he out, of the, out of the managers available, if he is even available, because that's, like I say, that's not fat Aberdeen, he's, he doesn't have to leave them. So, um Oh God, less desirable than Aberdeen, Jesus. Um, (laughs) You know, (laughs) let's just let's just see how the next couple of weeks pans out. But if he is the manager, I just hope people get behind him because even if he isn't um, necessarily the first choice, he's him taking the job signifies a few things. It signifies that he's prepared to work with what's available because I don't think that well, managers that have came in recent years have professed they were promised things that weren't delivered. Mm. I think everything out in the open now and we can't really lie to a manager again. So, yeah. you know, McInnes is going to come in knowing exactly the situation and if, if he is the man that comes, then to me that signifies that he's yet to roll up his sleeves and get on with it, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting when you were just talking about David Moy a little while back about how his, his attitude towards us was like uh, that we didn't deserve him. Do you know what I mean? He's almost too good for us. And it's like, I mean, I swear to God, there must be some sort of mental health facility in Merseyside somewhere that's looking of Moy's description. Do you know what I mean? Because that makes him sound fucking batshit crazy. Like he's just got out of the fucking loony bin. Do you know what I mean? When you look at what he's done now, <laughs> it's fucking, it's incredible that someone like that could have such a high opinion of himself. Do you know what I mean? Through that sort of sheer stubbornness and I, I don't know. I, we, we can't rant too much about Moy's now. He's gone. He's gone. It's all over. We don't have to go. I should, I should tell you all at this point. I forgot to mention. I have some guests with me tonight. We have Gav, obviously we just heard from, but we've also got Graham and we've got Jimmy. How
3: are you guys doing? Yeah, very well. Very well, Damien. Good time. I'm I'm good. Same old. Missing a football, I guess we all are. Weirdly It's terrible, isn't it?
0: Like I I didn't realise until like I think it was yesterday. A week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was it. it. And it hit me and I thought I was prepared for this off season, but I'm not. It's almost like getting a bit, like there's an injection, th- I think someone said that actually. There's an injection of, uh, of excitement almost, isn't there? It's like, yeah. Gone, gone is the trepidation of fearing relegation and things like that. And now there's this exciting new thing to look forward to. I think, uh, Tom actually, one of, uh, Tom Walsh wrote an article or he's about, yeah, by the PSC, he'll have, he have published an article for you about how he's looking forward to the championship, what he won't miss about the Premier League. And in that, he's saying about how, um, he's looking forward to actually starting a season pursuing a trophy. Do you know what I mean? And the different that is for us compared to them. I completely see that. That I, I really hit the nail on the head. So, yeah, do look out for that. Um, yeah, Graham, what do you make of the whole manager situation, buddy?
3: Uh, I think, well, McInnes wouldn't have been on my list of people at the beginning, but I'm kind of getting more into the idea of it. I think um, we've been through every manager possible. We've had a fascist. We've had the, the young manager. We've had... The old thinks he's too big for the club. Man, it's well past the sell by date. We've had the people's choice, Martin O'Neill. We've gone through the whole lot. So, I think realistically, the expectations of what Sunderland are, are pretty low at the minute in the fan base. So it's just,
0: it's just a really strange mental image I had of your list there because it's like, <laughs> would you put fascist on that list? <laughs> what do we need
3: uh, as a manager? Ticked off? Yeah, fascist.
0: well, that's that done. We can move
3: on now. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. That it, it feels like that sometimes, <laughs> but um, it's like I think with McInnes, I think the good thing is he's 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 worked as who he's brought north even further north of uh, what would be London. He's not going to have the problem with that. We're going to be a big club in that division, so we should attract players that are of higher calibre there. But he can probably unearth some gems that don't have any issues with location and won't want to move to other clubs that are maybe. And stereotypically more fashionable areas, he's worked on a budget, and I think the most important thing is, yes, he he did fill at Bristol City, um, and he has done a a good job, spectacular at Aberdeen, a solid job, but I think the, the good thing about him is, is, he's still really young, he's still got a lot to prove, and, and that Bristol City job may he may come to something and be like, this is my opportunity to totally blow out with the water. Yeah. at a big club, totally turn out a club like like us around. Hungry for it, I think, for a while since probably the days of Paul yet we haven't had a manager that's necessarily been that hungry. They've been experienced or um, the, the a, a club similar size to McInnes. It's, it's a huge club, let's be honest. He's got quite low expectations in the fan base because he's replacing a guy that pretty much everyone hated and he's he's got an ability to turn... You know previous failures in the same division around with a club that is ten times the size of Bristol City, and I don't think he strikes me as the kind of guy that um, fears a job. He, he generally doesn't. He played for he played for Rangers, so he's he's played under the big expectations as well. So I don't think he would be fearsome of, of coming to a big club. But the fact that the expectations are low and he's he's hungry, he's young, and he's got a point to prove, I think it could be a pretty good appointment actually.
0: Fair enough. Good points. What about you, Jimmy? What do you make about this uh, potential manager?
1: Well, um, we've got two two front rounds I've mentioned. One's McInnes, who, like the boys mentioned, would come with the right mentality. He'd bring some enthusiasm to the job. He's a manager who's ostensibly on the up, which is exactly what we need after more. He's somebody that's going to come here mm. with that right mentality. And the other right. gigs and I just hate everything about that that option. I mean, he's somebody who likes Tim Sherwood, has sat out and tried to rest on his playing career to get him a big job. He's in no rush to test himself going down the lower leagues, who's sat out for the full year. He spent two years carrying around Lou Van Hal's clipboard and he seems to think that means he can walk into any job in the top two tiers of English football that might become available. So Really, what you're looking at is one guy who yeah, he he had a tough time at but like the lads mentioned, that was a long time ago when he was very young in his coaching career. He's now had ten years experience. he's only two years older than gigs, so you've got the option between and records who's actually gone and taken Aberdeen from a club who was consistently finishing near the bottom of the SPL, to a club that's finished second three years in a row. So you've got somebody with a bit of a CV, with some experience, who isn't used to dealing with the tier of player that he'd be dealing with in terms of the wages they're on, in terms of where they played before the mm. if he was to come in. But really, um, the other option's quite terrible. You look at the other people on the odds, and you're looking at people that are either doing the in the championship who are unlikely to want to come to us. Sort of you, Kanovic's, your Wagner's. And that's old former players that have no managerial experience. So really, at the moment in my head, it's kind of McInnes or Bust. He's realistic. He ticks a lot of the box in terms of being young and on the up. So with me, it's McInnes or Bust at the moment. Fair enough. I'm see-
0: I seem to be getting this um, this consensus, this general consensus, that we're very limited to what we can expect from uh, the, the- calibre of managers to expect to to be interested in the job I mean is that really fair are we being completely fair on the club I know it's a it's a difficult situation it's painted as like one of the hardest jobs in English football at the moment I suppose or certainly the most short-lived um, is, it, is that really a fair thing to say what do you reckon Gav is it are we going a bit overboard with the Wouldn't touch Sunderland with the barge Pole I think a lot of managers would be happy do you know what I mean I think a lot of good quality managers would be happy with the, the level of support we've got and what it, what it means? Do you know what I mean? The building at this club, I think that's mm. a a massive selling point of it. Well, the potential more than what it's currently, well, what it's currently capable of. Um, to a to a degree, yeah. But like
2: like like I mentioned earlier, Gary Monk, for instance, mm. is a, is probably the of, of all the managers on the free market. You know, Championship standard or low prem standard, he's probably the best. And. There's plenty of clubs looking for managers this summer who are, I would say, are more primed for a rebuild or primed for a, a manager coming in and putting his own stamp on it. Mm. I think the issue really is that whoever comes in, and we'll probably get on this later, but they won't have a lot of seeing what happens behind the scenes in terms of transfers, in terms of coaching staff. Mm. So you, you've got to really—that's going to limit who you can bring in. I mean, I'm, I'm looking now at the at the odds that the managers who have been linked. Um, Giggs is the favourite, but I don't know why, really. He's, I mean, I can only presume that somebody hired some stupid manager and, mm. it, and it crashed at that mark. Um, then beyond that, you've got like Simon Grayson at Preston, who, to be fair, has done a decent job at quite a lot of championship clubs on a limited budget, so you can see why he's Northern, you know. Um, but again, not really succeeded anywhere. Maybe he's maybe he's the type of manager that you do give the step up to because he's, he's done well at a lot of smaller clubs. Um, Pardew ruled himself out, but for some reason his fourth favourite. Um, Nigel Clough was, he, he came in a bit the other day in the odds and I'm not sure why because again, another manager who who's bounced around a few clubs and hasn't really done much. Burton seems to be his comfort zone. He was there for 10 years before he left. Um, and then you're looking further down the list, you're looking at the likes of Paul Heckenbottom, Matt Barnsley who actually used to play for us. Mm. Um, uh, might appreciate the step up, but I mean... Sure. Uh, Barnsley mm. seem to be a club who, who was who are fairly stable in the championship and that's that's kinda of what worries me. Even though they're coming from lower clubs, lower, lower down the food chain. Um some of these managers are in their comfort zones and mm. stepping out of that to come and manage Sunland is quite daunting because quite a managers have come to Sunland and done nothing. Do you want to be the next in that line who, who comes to Sunland and fails and then it's ultimately it, it's it's a mark on your C V. Um I don't know, I think I just think that when you look at the that's available, there's there's managers like McLaren and, like I said before, Pardew, Ali McCoy, mm-hmm. Paul Lambert. It's it's not it's not exciting to anybody mm-hmm. that list, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's the a thing. Sun, Sunderland need to bring in, bring in a manager who is on the up. Like Jimmy said before, McKittricken might might failed at Bristol, but he, at the end of the day, he's, he's done well at, at Aberdeen. He's done well enough to be linked with a move out of the SPL to, to a club like Sunderland. So. Mm-hmm. It, that, that does show his pedigree. But mm. The problem we're going to face all the way through this process is that there are so many constraints that when these candidates sit down with Martin Bain Nellis Short, they're either going to be happy enough to play along with it or they're not. And the ones who are happy enough to play along with it are, fear are just looking for a new job and, and have been maybe hanging around for a while. The likes of McLaren and the likes of Paul Lambert, who would probably just take any job in the championship on the mm-hmm. minute, so... I'm not. I'm not excited by that list. If I'm honest, but I do. I do think that the perception of Sunderland is a we are we are, we've publicly being through the ringer for the last two or three years to the point where everybody knows our business, mm. and convincing somebody with real talent to step up is going to be difficult unless they are coming, I would say from League One or two. But that that could be if if McInnes isn't
1: interested, you could be be looking at managers further down the food chain. The one that stands out to me is Heckenbottom in terms of that he's somebody that could also be potentially on the up. That has to deal with all his best players getting sold at Barnes. He has to rejig his team around, who's very young, who's not been managing for that long, and who's got Barnsley with one of the lowest weight budgets there to be a consistent championship team. And I think that's really difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Whereas Grayson, he had the failure at Huddersfield. He got moved on at Leeds. Heck bottom, somebody that's used to be moulded, that's used to working in difficult situations where not everything's going to go from a boardroom level. And he's the one name in that list that, to me, stands out as just a level of his in terms of what the club needs and who the club should take a risk on
0: it's interesting like, all this talk about whether we can, like Sunderland itself can attract these sort of managers, whereas when you're really thinking about it, what's, what's gotten in the way hasn't been the club, and, and it's, it hasn't been Sunderland, AFC, has it? It's been, it's been the hierarchy. So what we're really asking, the question is really, uh, are these managers going to be in a relationship with Ellis Short and Martin Bain, or whoever Ellis Short will replace Martin Bain with when he inevitably doesn't do his job properly, Quote unquote. So that's the interesting one for me. It's more about a manager looking at the owner and deciding whether or not. I mean, that that would normally just be like a. It'd be a big part of your decision making if if you were approached by a club, but it wouldn't be all of it. Do you know what I mean? You'd probably get most of your joy as long as you were told you had control over this and that. Then you would get most of your joy from that. But in reality, now if you're looking at an owner who, from from all accounts, from all we can sit, from all we can tell. Unless he, he's either he's either completely delusional this owner, Alice Sure, is either completely delusional and poor in his judgment skills of of potential managers, of people to employ to help the running of the club, or he's a liar. It's one of these two things because we're we're talking about the law of averages now, like it's statistically surely it's statistically impossible that every single manager over the last 10 years has had bad things to say about him afterwards. Do you know what I mean? And it's all the theme of not having enough money, getting offered a job, taking the job, and it's t- tying yourself into a three, four year contract as well. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and getting to this point, inevitably, where you turn around and say, oh, the squad I've got, not good enough. I'm going to need X amount of money. And they act as if, or they certainly give the impression, these managers, or ex-managers now, that they they were given, they were made promises and they they were given these these mysterious figures, God knows what they were, and that was what they'd be able to call upon. That was the sort of support that they'd have from their owner. But it doesn't seem to be the case, does it? That, that's what's really confusing me. I, I, I don't see how any manager, now any potential manager, as a can look at the relationship, the business relationship, the personal relationship, given the examples that they can see, that they would have with that owner. Because I personally, I can't imagine going and working with Ellis Shaw I'm not saying he'd ask me to but do you know what I mean if that, were, if that was a possibility I, I can't say I'd be seeing without anxiety about the role I'd be treading on eggshells because this is not a man who <laughs> who has it all planned out and if he does have it planned out then he's got a very different things that are going on he's, he's got a huge amount of factors coming into this that he doesn't let anyone know about it seems to me that people go into this job without knowing the full story do you know what I mean? And all this, bearing all this in mind, supposedly he's been selling the club or he's been trying to sell the club for some time now. <laughs> rumours come and go. We've heard rumours that he's met investors or potential investors. He's turned them down because they they didn't fit in with his idea of what uh, what the club should be ran like. Do you know what I mean? Supposedly with the footballing ethos, I, I don't know. Where he gets off thinking he's got that, like, like any kind of idea, like he should be the judge of that. Uh, we've had other rumours that um he turned them down because there wasn't enough money. We've had rumours that no, he can't sell it because it's in too much debt. We've had rumours that uh he's clearing the debt and that's out and therefore he's, he's going to keep it. Do you know what I mean? Gav? Help me out here, man. Like, what do we make from this guy? Because it's just—it seems to me like if you were walking in this job as a manager, or rather, if you were thinking about this job as a manager, you would be mm. proper anxious. Do you know what I mean? You wouldn't have a clue where you stand.
2: Yeah. Well, it's—it sounds as though that whoever um, whoever comes in is not really going to be dealing with short. I think he would probably sign off on it. But it sounds as though they brought in Waller, Waller Smith, haven't they, to, to help Martin Bill being deal with the uh, deal with the. Open all of all of the, all of the I can't get my words out, the negotiations um so you know maybe short maybe short is happy just to pie that off but if i was a manager coming in and i knew i knew what I obviously went on publicly with the club and knowing that the club's up for sale for instance um i would i would be you know fairly nervous i guess about stepping into those shoes because no man no manager expects to, to you know manage the length of the club because you know I think the average length of a uh, job in, in management is probably about 18 months. Um, mm. so for me, whoever comes in is kind of going to be looking over the shoulder immediately knowing that he's going to sell the club or he wants to or he may sell the club. So again, limit to the list of, of managers that are avail- available to us. That's would potentially come here and mm. that's when I start looking at the like teaming. the managers who've been from club to club who don't mind going anywhere as long as it's a payday Paul Lambert again Steve McLaren it's like is that what we're going to end up with <laughs> or are we going to end up with somebody already on the coach and staff because mm. it's cheap and it's easy to do Um it, 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 it does because if if a manager like Derek McInnes turns us down no disrespect to him but he's his one job in English management was Bristol City and he failed there. Yeah. If the manager like that turns us down because the conditions aren't good enough, then what's ultimately about what the next guy is going to be stepping into? Mm. I mean we know it's bad. We know it's bad, but how bad really is it? And is it that much of a you know delicious prospect for anybody when you're looking at when you're looking at all of the ramifications, I honestly think that whoever comes in may well end up being up a short term who gets a one year deal comes here, stabilises the club for the next man to come in once all of this mess has been sorted out over the next season because I think it's going to take another year and play a turnover and all the rest of it. I think it's probably going to take a year of change before mm. this is a real prospect for anybody to take on and that's got to be considered too. you know would, would somebody like Neil Warnock be more suited to this job, for instance, who has done that countless times, went in clubs and spent a year there and, and really... Um, being able to to get the best out of what he's got, but also make something of it and, and develop it a little bit for the next manager. He's done that at quite a few clubs, hasn't he? And mm-hmm. and even achieved promotion with a few on, with, with those ramifications. So I, I, that's something to consider too, which you haven't really heard many people speak about, is, is this more of a case of somebody comes in, um, knows that it's a year just to tide us over until the real work can start, when shorts may be gone, the debt's cleared, uh, the majority of players that call are gone and we've got more championship-ready squad, is it, is it then a case of looking at someone like McKinnis in a year's time and saying, right, we've, we've cleared the decks and it's ready for you to
0: step in now and, and do the dirty work? I suppose managers, potential managers, would be, uh, would be wary of something like that. Do you know what I mean? Coming in to just do us a job, tide us over. I think going back to what you just said about... Um, like someone who's already at the club, do you know what I mean? Like, looking at talking about, uh, Bracewell, Stockdale, do you know, is that the sort of thing that would be considered? And I mean, getting a, a caretaker manager in like that for a year, I think that would be a terrible decision if that was the case. And surely, money's better than that. I, I know money's too tight to mention, but it's, uh, it's good. I mean, uh, for me, I'm talking about Bracewell, and Stockdale, like, because we, we do have this plan to speak about these guys. I mean, uh, it's it's more a case of what they do. That's what that's what we're really sitting here wondering. Well their exact roles in the club. Obviously they, they have roles in the club and you see them on the touchline. You see them talking to various players and things like that. But they they haven't gone anywhere, despite the the massive turnover in in managers. It's interesting that these these two people are still there. Now, is that because I mean I mean can 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 we not get rid of them? Is is there some sort of is there something put in place by by all people? Owner, Ellis Short, would he actually do that? Would he go out of his way to protect the the jobs of two people like that? I mean, I personally can't see it. What do you make of it, Gap? Mm, is, it, is, um, is, is that really likely that Ellis Short would go out of his way to say to his managers, look, do what you want, but don't get rid of Bracewell and stuff that. <laughs> what, what I do don't think I, I don't think it's necessarily just... I think what they're trying to do behind the scenes is
2: perhaps put a structure in place which ensures that it doesn't matter who the manager is, they don't have to overhaul the entire coaching staff every single time somebody leaves because I think it's been since maybe Paul was here Mm -hmm. that a manager's had the staff that he wanted. I think Advocate's staff were Bracewell and Stockdale and since then, every manager since has had had them on the coaching staff. So, to me, it, it indicates that they're not willing to to sack people first Mm. and it also indicates that um, Bracewell and Stockdale are maybe not costing the club a lot anyways because you know they're pretty cheap to keep around Stockdale in fairness to him did a really good job with the under 23s and was given a chance to step up to the first team and by all accounts he is a really nice guy you have around the place the players like him um, I don't. I can't speak for his coaching credentials, but you would assume that
0: well, the fact be, that he's, he seems to be the se- the second point of contact really doesn't. He? Yeah, you, the the you know the, the good guy in the relationship mm, sort yeah. of thing. And but he he, he, he he yeah, he talks to the to the linesman and things like that. Yeah, that,
2: it's that guy. The, and you've got to kind of consider with him. I guess that we're going to be looking to bring through a lot of players this year, and he's worked with most of them for quite a, you know long spell of time being the manager mainly. So that that that's pretty important, I guess. Um, Bracewell, though, I have absolutely no idea what that bloke's doing at the club. He's, he's just there, isn't he? He's just mm. a dour, sour face. He was, I think, an even worse version of him. He's, he's grey and miserable and sits there with his arms folded and I just wonder what, what his role is, really. What, what does he even do? I think he was, I think he was on the, he was, he was something to do with the academy before, um, mm. came in and then Allardyce brought him up as a first team coach. But what does he even do? He's just, just there, I just you just there. Why? What, <laughs> what? Like, if you're the next manager coming into Sunderland, you don't want Paul Bracewell working with you. You want your own people, don't you? Yeah, exactly. That's you what that, again. That, it's something. Yeah. It's yeah. It's something I worry about because ultimately, the I think they're just going to be there regardless. It's like when 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 they're interviewing these managers and they're sitting down with them, they're going, "Look, this is what this is the crack. We've got this much to spend. Um, you've got these restrictions. These players out." Um, you're not going to be able to bring in your own coaching staff because that's just our policy. With The turnover of manager has, he has been for too great and ultimately we've led the point where we're just trying to put a, a structure in place where it, regardless of who the, the first team manager is, the rest falls into place regardless. And they've kind of recruited for that, have haven't they? They recruited a new academy manager last year, for instance. So mm. you can see that. But any, anybody coming in is going to be looking at all that and going, God, what a job I've got on my hands. Like, I have a lot to work with. I can't really demand too much because they've already spelled out what it is that the job entails. Um, do I really want to move from, all right, an albeit smaller club, but where I've got it good and I've built something good and the chairman appreciates us, the, fan appreciate, the fans appreciate us, the players arise. Do I want all of that to uproot and take on a challenge as big as this? And I think it's it's it's. Honest, honest. I do. I think managers from the likes of Aberdeen and Barnsley are going to look at that and think, "Is it worth? Like, is it worth? Is it not just worth?" this waiting around. Seeing if another offer comes along. cosmic names out there now. Is it worth waiting around for another championship club to come along and offer us the the, the role there where the structure is better? And that, that that again, it all ties in with with Stockdale and Bracewell. What are they doing here? There's a lot. A lot of fans have been asking that the last few days. I noticed three and ready to go. There's a thread on there. Um, people are asking questions about. You know why are they still here? Um, is it is it a case of you know they were always going to be safe um, regardless of what happened with with Moyes or not? And it, it certainly appears that way because they're still here. I mean, hopefully whoever comes in just they actually allow them to at least have an assistant manager or something yeah. because because it's just again what what mm-hmm. really changes around the place when they start taking the same training sessions. The players, the players, you know, all right, certain things might change, but. How 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 are they going to respond differently to the same coaches? Really, hmm.
0: you know. They Sorry, I
3: No, I was going to say that. That's what I was going to say. It's funny you, you mentioned about uh, Stockdale. and made the point that obviously he's worked with. I think he's worked with players like Honeyman and 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 players like that, hasn't he? Um, and I suppose, in a sense, I can totally see the point of keeping Stockdale around. He seems to be. So many players and stuff like that, but I'm I'm trying to think from the players' perspective. I think I think we're going to keep more players than you'd expect, and I think those players, as much as they gutless and and spineless, and there's many words we could use to describe them. At the same time, the ones that are still going to be here, including the young lads, the people like. N- not Bracewell and, and Stockdale. I want someone fresh and new, I think getting Moyes out. I mean, remember the day David Moyes left, how refreshed we all felt. As as players we see in the Dower face of Moyes, the even Dower face of Bracewell, and I mean bloody hell he's got a dower face. I mean of all the dower faces you've seen he's like the king of Dower faces, Bracewell isn't he? Um and then oh, man, I think wouldn't that have be been reserved for David Moyes. But still. Anyway, carry on there. Yeah. And and then you've got <laughs> You've got Sockdale, who by all means is probably all right to keep around, but if if if, if I'm being honest, you, you've got to go one way or another, and I think Gav's point of bringing in someone for a year to kind of stabilize stuff and make sure we don't just enter the next bloody division, or we've got to just completely clear the decks of these out-of-contract players and the, the backroom staff and, and the manager's obviously already gone, but... I, I, I just think we need to get rid of the, the whole infrastructure that's there at the minute from right at the top. And obviously getting rid of Ellis Short and, and things like Martin Baines are a lot more difficult than getting rid of coaching staff. But I think at least on the training pitch, just get something completely fresh in. And I think if you're going to give someone like McInnes the job or Frank's the job, you've got to get someone who's his own people. I mean, you look at when Roy Keane came in and it was like the people Roy Keane appointed had a similar mindset and that's why he employed them. So all around the club, you would have had a similar mindset and a similar thought process. Realistically, you could put pretty much anyone on the training pitch. You're still going to have Bracewell doing what he did last year with the same attitude and Stockdale maybe doing the same thing. I think it's maybe harsh on Stockdale, but get rid, get something completely freshen everything up as much as we can. Um, so that's what we need. We need it refreshed Just being the same shite for five years. We need a refreshing as much as we can and hopefully Ellis Short is the first one to go but it's a little bit more difficult than it is getting rid of a couple of coaches in it.
1: Mm. What do you make of all Jimmy? I just think we've got way more important things to be worried about. I just feel that we're looking at a summer where we don't know how many players leave in. We don't know what's going to happen with our players are out of contract. We don't know who the is going to be, what Budget is. We don't know how much of transfer funds we raise. It's going to go on players. We don't know how many free transfers we're going to have to make. How many players that we sign on loan are we going to bring in? There's so many unknowns. I just think we've got much bigger fish to fry than two, two members of our backroom staff. How much for say is Rob McKenzie going to have transfers? What does our chief football officer do? I just think there's much more important things going on with our structure of our football club mm. over the next three to six months. That whether they're there or not, it really doesn't bother me. Mm. I think there's much more stuff going on with this club that we need to, to have a look at. To be honest, so you wouldn't agree that there's some possibility that they might be part of that whole uh, rotten core setup that we've heard. Oh, so
0: much
1: of? oh, yeah, absolutely. So it could be. It's just a case of. It's yeah, time to, to worry about yeah. that now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. There's just so it's there's just so much to do this summer. It's
0: fair enough, fair enough. Well, uh, yeah, with with that in mind, obviously we've got a little bit of time left to talk about some uh, some transfers. How obviously, the rumor mill will be in full swing. It hasn't even got into full swing yet. It's going to kick off like mad when we do get a manager in. Because obviously everyone will be told that uh, despite the fact that we haven't got any money, the new manager will come in with a headline that says something like, such and such given war chest. Do you know what I mean? Ellis Short opens <laughs> checkbook. Things like that. Things Complete lies and fallacy to get you to buy these terrible rags. But regardless, we will discuss the potential of transfers. Is there anyone to lads, anyone that you, you see us realistically, specifically being able to bring in all or is it more of a should we be focusing on just blanket quality? So obviously it's unstandard. But are we looking to increase the entire to, to better the entire squad? Or are there certain positions that we need to fill Um, go on,
3: um I, I think um I think we've discussed this like as a group loads of times, but I think we've got to look at centre forwards because we're pretty much losing all of them. Um like DeFoe is gonna go Anichibi, I, I don't think Anichibi's going to get offered another contract. Um, if he wants one, um, then you've got Barini who you know, fingers crossed, as disappears fast as possible for a good chunk of what we paid for him. Um, so, what have you got left after that? There's there's nothing really. So, I think the scary thing for me is how much allegedly of a small budget we've got, if there's even a budget. And I mean, I've looked at the free transfer list, and nothing really fills me with. And I think. I think Gav said it a few times, you need about four strikers in that division. The amount of games you have, you kind of go in with like two. But where are we going to get decent money for two, three centre-forwards that are going to... if we haven't got like a pot of pissing? And then forget, we're forgetting about the fact that Pappy's probably going to leave, thankfully. But still, it's ahead. Kone is going to go. Uh, so centre-artier want. John O'Shea probably going to stay in there, And I hope he does. Um, in the midfields, You've got Catamorp and was injured. You've got Dong who, you know, might have some interest in if we need to sell. And then we've got to replace the goalkeeper as well. So we're pretty much, well, we might have to replace the goalkeeper. I hope not. But we're kidding ourselves pick if we think Pickford's going to stay. And I think in terms of targets, I, I spoke about it on the site a, a few weeks ago. I think someone like Jason Cummins is a, a realistic signing. And I think the, the problem we've got is, although our expectations are low, because we're quite a depressed bunch at the minute, we still do hope that we're going to at least be pushing playoffs, if we're honest, because we're big enough. There's no such thing as too big of a club for a division, but we've got the potential to be bigger than the division we're going to be entertaining. And I think when it comes to signing certain players, we've probably got to lower the expectations a little bit because of the budget. And I think we've got to be looking at players like, maybe the Scottish League wouldn't be a bad shout, because it's not like... That they live in Scotland, they play in Scotland, so living in thing won't be that weird. And you can unearth some real gems in that division. You can pick up a lot of shit as well. But realistically, beggars can't be choosers at the minute. And the scary thing is, I think we're going to be beggars. But to answer the question, I think we need a good few centers. We need a good few center offs. I think aside from that we can probably get away with trying out some of the youngsters in terms of like fallback positions and that, but I, I don't know. It's, it's a job I I, I would have, if I'm honest with you, I don't envy Martin Bain or the new manager in any way, shape, yeah. size, or form on that.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. We, we, we ran a good, we ran a good feature on the site. They actually, um, people listening, probably read it, but, um, scouting about feature that called us <laughs> and he, and he, it's just him identifying players that we could go for on the summer and etc. And, you know, like, players that are maybe below our expectation level, but would probably do a job. And uh, he, he, he wrote a bit about a guy called Ollie Watkins at Exeter. And uh, I don't really know a great deal about this. I want us to sign him. Calls made him sound like a real world leader. Um But it's the, it's the type of player I would like us to go for, because if you look down the food chain, again, League 1 and 2, mainly League 1, I would say, um, there's a lot of young lads playing in, in teams in that league, Around the age of twenty twenty one, who leave academies when they were 15, 16, went on to play for, for youth sides of clubs um, like Exeter, yeah. and have then went on to, to gain a lot of first team football, and then obviously you know show that they're, that they're a lot better than what they were maybe perceived to be when they were kids. Yeah. Um, Watkins is no stranger to that. He's he's twenty one year old, um, yet is pulling off trees in that league. He's 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 got pace. He's strong. You know and it makes you think what, what, what's the what's the difference between, between a player like him um, playing at that level and then stepping up a couple of leagues We saw sort of Delhi Alley a couple of years ago didn't we at MK Dons people were like well why are they spending five million on him and he's now once to feel in the Premier League and it just shows that there is talent out there if you go out and find it you've got to recognise these kids have, have proved themselves at such a young age Um Cummins is a good example, like like what Graham said before. He's 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 playing for Hibbs in the Scottish Championship, but he's scoring a lot of goals. And you've got to maybe wonder whether a kid like that could come to somewhere like Sunderland, and you would say it definitely is a step up for one. Mm. Um, would he come here, kick on, improve, and and you know, would would we unearth gems basically from some of these smaller clubs? Yeah. But even aside from that, aside from players like what you know Cummins and this Watkins guy, there's there's a lot of decent players who would probably do all right for us, um, being made available for transfer this okay. summer. And I'm just going to reel off a few names here, but I, I, I'm going to assume that a lot of people will be, turn their nose about them. Oh. But players in the toilet who couldn't get a club last summer, and then he, he went to Cardiff and has had a really good season. Mm. It's somebody that I would like because he's got pace, he gets in the, in the, the opposition's box and creates chances, which is something we've not had from a time. Um, he's available for nothing and you've got to kind of look at the free market now and think alright these players wouldn't have made a difference for us in the Premier League mm. but would they make a difference in the Championship he's a good age and like I say he's got all of these attributes that would definitely improve us out wide so why not take a chance on someone like Junior Hoylett who yeah he didn't do great at QBR but he's went to Card- Cardiff this year under Neil Warnock and really done well Um George Boyd's another one Probably going to be released From Burnley I don't think he's a bad Player at all mm. A tricky player Who he plays most weeks For Burnley You know what I mean So Are these the kind of players That we have to We have to look at um, Charlie Adams Another one Released from Stoke They've just replaced him Today with Darren Fletcher Not everybody's favourite person But he scores goals And he's good on set pieces mm. Would he add more To our midfield Than say Darren Gibson I would say so yeah. Um there's, there's a couple of full-backs available. Cyrus Christie, who's an, an island international, uh, big quick lad, plays right back, and Zeki Friars from Palace, who used to be at Spurs, I think. Um, they're both going to be up for, for transfer in the summer for free. And John Ruddy and headkeepers, you know, we might need a battle keeper in the summer. I'm, I'm presuming is going to leave. Um, God knows what's going to happen with Mika, and then Pickford, you're gonna, we're going to be lucky to hang on to him. Mm. But even if Pickford stays, like Wayne Hensley or John Ruddy, be a decent back I would say so, and these these are the type of players we have to look at. Ultimately, that all right, they wouldn't have been good enough for us last season in the Premier League, but we have got a lot of we've got a lot of work to do this summer with the squad, regardless of who the manager is. And freeze and loans are going to make up the bulk of our squad after. I, I think there's going to be that many players leaving that there's going to be a lot of gaps to fill that we can't rely on the kids to do.
0: There's so not enough now of them is already. The time you know? That we should be pushing the Stephen Pienaar button. We pushed it to <laughs>
2: <really. laughs> <Yeah>, well, <laughs> not, not really necessarily important. that. When, thing is though, you're looking at I'm looking at the the, the the players that are available in the summer, and some of them are of good age, like I say, yeah. Hoyles not not that old. Yeah. Um, Ross Wallace might even be available, who's been brilliant for Chef Wed this summer, uh, this season. Sorry, and he might be available in the summer. Um, Fraser from Palace used to be at us. Obviously, we not what he can do. Available on a free could, w- w- like Graham said before. We Might need four strikers, would somebody with a bit of pace and it's like Campbell would he make a difference in the trip? I would say so as a squad player, definitely. Mm. Um, Sunogo from Arsenal's available out of free 24 year old, kind of a forgotten man. He's That's had a bad injury, but you know, I didn't really, yeah, yeah available. I would take him, yeah, he is, yeah, 24 year old, mm. yeah, 24 year old. He, he spent a big chunk of the last year out injured, he came back like nothing. And he played a game for the reserves and scored, and it was like they made a big deal out of it because he had been injured for so long. Mm. He's a bit of a he's a bit of a cult figure there because he hasn't really done much, um, but he's still young, isn't he? and he mm. you know he's big. Like, would he be worth giving a couple of years to? You never know. I'm not I mean, saying that these players are really going to come to Sunderland, but no, but that's what I'm saying. I'm we've, we've got to kind of open our eyes a bit yeah. and look at some of these players that are available and say, yeah, right, they weren't they weren't good enough. They was for us in the Premier League. But could they make a difference in the championship? Even Grant Lead as has available in the summer. You know, Middlescan, he was great for them in the championship the year they got promoted. You they, they mm-hmm. might opt to keep a hold of him, but I don't think they will because he's thirty one year old, but he's a stunning lad, you know, did very well for us before he left. Is that somebody we could bring in? So there's a lot of options out there. I'm just mm-hmm. I just think I just think the main thing in the summer, regardless of the manager, is we have to we have to treat every sign in with the same sort of respect. Um we have to give them all a chance. And we have to remember that we're not a Premier League club anymore. The quality of these lads coming in isn't going to be the same. But anyway, we brought in players like Adnan Yanzai last year. We Mm -hmm. all thought the world of them when they first got here. And you know, it didn't take very long for the, for the, the true colours to show. Mm -hmm. I would rather see hungry players come to this club who move themselves on a, on a big stage or or want a a career rebirth, a lot of something along those lines. I would, I would rather see that Mm -hmm. than see us give another minute with a player like
0: Jack Rodwell. sure Um, yeah I don't think anyone could really argue with that theory I mean it's interesting just going back a second to talking about the scout and we've been saying like Graham said it wouldn't envy that job do you know what I mean that's a it's a difficult job to have just a question that popped into my head would it be fair to say that perhaps over the years over recent years we've I don't know whether it's the the influx of money, like the massive influx of money, or well, I think it probably is mainly that, or any other kind of uh, social factor or financial factor about bringing in like actual scouted players. Do you know what I mean? Like how much importance is put on the scouting of players in the actual action itself by us as fans? I mean, it seems to me like we sort of, we ignore it, do you know what I mean? We, we base things on what, what we've seen and what we've heard. That's natural, but there was mm-hmm. a time when you, you would have complete faith in your chief scout, do you know what I mean? And, and he would bring you consistent, and there are still scouts in, in a lot of teams, because they bring you talent and quality players. They know exactly what you need, and they go out and get it. So is it fair to say that as
1: fans, we, we don't quite understand the process as much as we think we do? I think it's a really interesting time for football now in terms of how you scout players if you have a look at say how driven clubs are becoming how now we're looking at the stage where there's radars where things like shot locations and expected goals Mm. have now been knocking about in sort of the football public for the last five years you sort of Brentford a data driven club that are overachieving in the championship you look at what Southampton are doing you go and you have a look at say Huddersfield another club that have placed a big emphasis on data getting promoted to the Premier League. And there's now a point where there's guys who are out there who are looking for certain things, certain aspects in players. And you can either embrace that or you can't. And I just look at Sunderland. I think we are way behind. We are way, way behind. We tried to move forward. We tried the director role about three, four, five years ago. And we had the wrong people in place for it to work. And then because of that, we've abolished it. And we've gone back to the cult of the manager with David Moyes, who was Martin O'Neill 2.0, but or worse, Martin O'Neill, He couldn't organise a defence. And you just have a look at what we're doing in terms of scouting. And based on the Jack Rodwells of this world that we've hired in the last few years, based on the last two transfer windows you've had, you've just got to say... We've been doing a terrible job of it. Now, when football officer that came in November is going to make a difference, whether our recruitment specialist, Mr McKenzie, is going to make a difference, I don't know. But it's it's something that, as a club, we have to look at. And as a club, we've done a terrible job at. So that's going to be a really interesting thing to look at this summer. Mm. Where are the players we get from? How much money are we spending on them? And what's been the basis that made us go out and say, yeah, that's the right guy for this club? what what are we seeing that he can do what are we seeing that he's not good at and what, what's the skill set that's going to make him a useful championship player mm. so the key here is be thorough be thorough think about it and get it
0: done as soon as possible with all expediency. I would completely agree with that and well yeah that's pretty much it that's pretty much what we've got time for today um, our final thought for the day really is, uh, it's all about the new manager and the search for one so I mean, with the search for a new manager, there's there's no small amount of doubt, really. And certainly in regards to the ability of any candidate, there are managers with traits that we perhaps wouldn't like to see or particularly want to see, uh, perhaps some lack of experience that puts you off a manager, anything like that. There, there are loads of different reasons that you can be unsure about something like this. I think the important thing to remember, though, is that this is football. And in football, absolutely anything can happen. So I'm not willing, and I don't think any fan should be willing, to turn their nose up a, a, a lot of... A lot of people that might be uh, unknown, do you know what I mean? They might be relatively, or as we've said, but we, we've seen managers do terribly in in past performances and then come out strong when they need to with the right club for them. So that's really all I would say uh, going into the future. Keep you an open mind, just like Gav was saying earlier, like when it comes to players, when it comes to managers, we have to accept now that we're, we're well, we're fighting that battle, aren't we? We're It's all by the skin of our teeth now. Right, it's not by the skin of our teeth anymore, we're, but we're, we're in it deep now. Do you know what I mean? There's no getting out of it, and th- this is just what it is, and this is what it's all about, really, isn't it? This is the excitement, the rollercoaster ride of football. I'm, I'm happy that we are where we are now. I have a lot of uh, a lot of optimism for the future, in spite of the fact that there's really no reason to be optimistic. Um, yeah, uh, on a slightly relate- unrelated side, like, I would also say, if we don't see you between now and the general election, do the whole country a favour and vote Labour just do that for us And I'll, I'll buy you a pint um, Yeah, don't forget then that you can Subscribe <laughs> to us on Acast You can subscribe to us on iTunes um, This is the Roker of Bulls, Signing off